loreheads, and welcome to The League, exploring the League of Legends lore from A to Z. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. My name is Mark. And today we're talking about the Colossus Galio, who was released August 10th, 2010. Who wants to do the impression first? How do we do this? <laughs> ah, feels good to stretch me wings. John, I love my wings, how... My wings, my wings. <laughs> my favorite thing about John doing that is he had to look down at his phone to remember the quote halfway through saying it. To like make sure you were saying the right words. There's a lot of words to it. I don't want to risk is. blowing it. This is this is my chance to become a voice actor. <laughs> We're essentially auditioning every week, <laughs> so you know, but only for champions that have I've, already I've been blown bought. Blown it voiced. so many weeks in a row. <laughs> uh, all right, was it? You're a sentinel. I'm a sentinel. We should fight. Oh, that's really good. He says to the blue buff. blue buff, right? Yeah. Oh, Mark, you were like yeah. Galio's voice was like destined for you to imitate. Actually, I will say, when reading a lot of it, I imagined Grum. <laughs> I was gonna say it's just the it's just Grum, that's his D&D character. Yes. <laughs> Only he says he enunciates better. He says his H's. <laughs> He's like a, a well-read Grum, which I really like. Yeah, you know. He's got time, right? He's got the time to, to hang out and listen. Um, I have never played Galio in my life, and I I didn't know what he sounded like and know nothing that he says until all of you did your impression. Those are the only quotes I know. So it would really be me doing an impression of you doing an impression of Galio. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear this telephone Galio impression. <laughs> no, because I already forget what you <laughs> <coughs> All right. my wings, oh. <laughs> oh, me wings, oh. <laughs> oh, governor. Did you see that ludicrous display last night? <laughs> <laughs> there you go, got it in one. <laughs> and that's Galio. <laughs> Look, it's just, I think the reason it's fucked us all up is like, because we were saying before, we didn't expect him to have that weird Cockney accent, right? It's it's such a left field for Galio. Oh my, my God. Opinion. Yeah, so they were both apparently hearing Brom, and it's because of how. Uh, did you guys know what Galio was like before reading his story? Not really, but okay. like. A little. Brom's a big guy, and I feel like he talks to Poros a lot, so everyone just seems little by comparison. And then Galio's a big guy, so he also right. refers to people as little, and the mm-hmm. piece is just connected. They oh. both protect. They both attack. <laughs> All big boys sound the same to John. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought he was, like, evil. or Not evil, but... I, and I guess you could... I mean, depending on where you stand, Galio could be evil, I guess. But... I wasn't expecting him to be so jolly and sweet. He's like if Santa was a statue, right? Like if Santa Claus was a gargoyle statue. Was a dark existential gargoyle statue. (laughs) (laughs) We're all very silly today. I don't know. We're not even drinking. Well, you know, it's... It's bir- well, that makes you want to speak for oh. yourselves. I'm absolutely drinking. Fair, fair. Yes, it's birthday day for John and Mark. They have the same birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I was hearing Swain when I was trying to read his quotes because Swain has like this deep British powerful voice and that's what I was hearing with Galio. And then I was like, oh, Galio's like a nice boy. He's like a dog. So British, <laughs> but cockney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. That's how you make him nice and sweet. Oh, he's a bit of the cockney, and he's fine. So Galio has a bio and two short stories on the universe page. 
Uh, so the beginning of the bio is kind of more about Demacia, which was really helpful, actually, because I had heard in passing, Rune Wars, they don't like magic, and that's <laughs> basically it. So the, his bio gives you a little bit more information. They talk about a group of refugees who are fleeing from mages in the Rune War, and they end up coming across this forest full of these old trees. The old trees seem to kind of dampen the magic, and when the mages come hunting them, uh, they're able to fight back and defeat the mages, because the mages can't use their magic. They kind of decide to settle here and start experimenting with the wood and eventually create petrosite, which we've talked a little bit about in Ezreal's bio. Uh, this is, I guess it's the force of nature of the lore world. <laughs> it protects you against <laughs> magic. <laughs> Banshee's Veil, you know. Yeah, it's the Banshee's Veil <laughs> of Runeterra. So uh, over time, though, their petrosite walls aren't really doing enough as magic is kind of growing. So they created Galio. He's, you know, moved by a system of pulleys and oxen, I guess. God, it seems so complicated. Really yeah. wild. <laughs> I, yeah, I really didn't realize that he wasn't alive when they initially created him. But it, it's funny that their solution was, let's just have a lot of petrosite in one place but they had to make it look like a cool statue. Like, that was super extra. Yeah, that's, you know, you gotta. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he eats all the magic. So if they bring him into the battlefield, uh, the mages can't really use their magic. So one day, Demacians were bombarded by what's known as the Arcane Fist, a bunch of, quote, evil mages to them. <laughs> uh, their survivors start huddling around Gallio, and he comes to life and kills all the members of the Arcane Fist who were there. Uh, they kind of mentioned that not a lot of people believe this story. It's like an old tale now, like everything in the League of Legends lore. Right. The bio, <laughs> yeah. The bio kind of like swaps to Galio's point of view at this point, and we see that he is awake all the time, but unable to move. He's just kind of resting, and he slowly realizes that he's a statue, <laughs> and <laughs> is kind of now hoping for a powerful magic that will awaken him forever, so he can protect his humans. The Demacians, specifically. They're the only ones he seems to like. Man, this was dark. I wasn't expecting really? him to have just been, like, stationary, unable to move, just have to watch. Like, I assumed he was asleep in between mm. awakenings. He was, I did not realize he was just awake for centuries, just watching in, like, this yeah. haze. They kind of describe it as, like, he's not fully there. It's almost like he's half awake, half asleep. It's similar to Aatrox in that way, I guess. But I think Aatrox is more aware and, like, it's affecting him mentally. I feel like Galio's still chill, you know? Like, he's fine. Yeah. I, from my notes, I was like, oh, it's it's Aatrox if he didn't break bad, you know? He's like, yeah. <laughs> He's, <laughs> he's optimistic Aatrox, right? He's season one Walter White <laughs> in the sweater, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I honestly didn't know what Galio was. I I I don't know. I think I didn't realize he was an inanimate object come to life. I learned a lot here, which was nice. Sure. Yeah. And uh, his creator, for the record, mm. is named uh, Durand. Durand to Durand? Durand to Durand. For all the old people listening. <laughs> uh, his, I think it's his W forget which one is, is uh move as the shield of durand yeah it's oh, a w neat and his old ultimate uh used to be called the idol of durand oh yeah see, i i played old galio back in the day i haven't played new galio yeah. his old ultimate was 
basically what his new W is. I know. <laughs> Fucking riot. Except it didn't deal damage. <laughs> except his ultimate used to like deal damage based on the damage he absorbed during that time. But like, mm. yeah, so those are named after his creator. Hmm. Yeah, I wondered, I was curious how much Durand is going to show up. I wondered if it was just a little, like, nod to the old lore, like, hey, it's <laughs> it's still Galio, guys. He's got Durand in his lore still. Um, or if he'll show up more. Because I did see somewhere that he also had a hand in making, like, uh, Silas's shackles, which are also petrified. Yeah. So oh. maybe he'll show up some more when we get to, like, Silas. Oh, maybe he's I'm more like, than just a wink. I'm kind of bummed that Silas is so far away, because this has made me... At least somewhat interested in Demacia. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I really wasn't before. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, like you said, it's, it's, you know, what I like about this is that I, and I think you kind of called it out, is that there is a historical, like, basis or founding for Demacia being pricks when it comes to mages. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, they're just assholes. It's not like the Lunari Solari conflict where they just, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, well, the Rune Wars did happen. And that was a giant fucking problem. And you can understand yeah. why a society would get to this point based on having that history, right? Mm-hmm. I like that, right? Yeah, I agree. Like, they literally were almost wiped out by mages, like their people. So you can kind of understand where they're coming from. I also like the uh, the kind of layers that it gives to Gallio because he he likes mages, which we'll kind of come to realize in the stories. He likes mages because their power is what brings him to life, so he enjoys when there's a mage around. So I'm curious how much Galio knows what Demacia is fighting against, because he's very determined to protect them, because they're literally the soldiers that he's watching are like people he's known since they were born. You know, he kind of mentions that a lot. He's known all these people their entire lives, but... I don't know. I find it interesting that he needs magic and wants magic around, but he's helping people who are trying to get rid of magic. Yeah, he's got some good quotes, I think, in, in A Hero Wakes that, that touch mm. on that too, but like it's a very, it's a, it's a, not to, I guess no pun intended, but he's really stuck between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I think it's an interesting, it's a very interesting conflict for the character. I think, yeah. um, I do like it. I think a kind of problem he runs into a little is is is, is how Galio is written is a little inconsistent with how how naive is he? What does he know? Because he's kind of written mm-hmm. like a dope, right? <laughs> like we said, he's a lovable dopey kind of guy. Um, yeah. And sometimes he knows things and sometimes he doesn't. And it's it's a little wishy-washy. And I, I wish it was a little... The rules were a little more clear on what is it that Galio kind of understands and doesn't understand. And we can talk about it when we hit some of the other stuff. And some of his quotes, I think, are kind of what I take mm-hmm. some umbrage with, I guess. <laughs> but, you know. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I didn't look at his quotes. So just based on the stories, it seems like he's only absorbed some of what has been happening around him. And he just kind of seems uh, really blinded by his own bias about uh, the Demacians and <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I think they, I mean, the old lore, they kind of got around this by just like... You know, he was just a golem that was created with sentience, so it could be explained away. It's like, oh, mm. this is this is what he was built to understand. Whereas in this one, where he was brought to life with mysterious <laughs> magic, they just kind of make up their own rules. Yeah. 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 True. Yeah, I wonder if that'll ever be explained. This is an instance where I actually would like an explanation. Some things I like to be mysterious in the League lore, but, I mean, Galio, is he absorbing the magic when it's around him and that brings him to life? Is this just that? And I guess a bigger question that I just thought of too is did he 
achieve sentience by absorbing the magic because he was crafted petrocyte? Or at some point, is the petrocyte forest going to raise up Ent-like mm. <laughs> with Ooh. all of the magic that it has absorbed? I like that idea. Yeah, that'd be pretty I fucking was, dope. <laughs> yeah, I was really curious, actually, when they started like kind of dismantling this old forest. And I'm like, is this going to like come up? Because this kind of seems like a big deal. They mentioned that it's this really old forest, and they kind of just built over it. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that's also where Rise is storing those world runes, so we know oh. that there's a shit ton of magic being poured into those trees right now. Oh, yeah. that's super interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, I think that specifically, it's it's not just an old forest, it's a petrified forest, and that's what we see in mm. that, that call to power cinematic, is that there's stone trees, right, with stone leaves, and yeah, who knows? Maybe, does Rise even know that, like, how, you would assume so, Rise seems pretty smart, but... Like as much of a magic dampener as it is, uh, that, I like that. That's a you know what that is. That's a nice ticking time bomb. That's not yeah. just oh the void is eventually going to unleash or Aurelian <laughs> soul is going to crown is going to disintegrate. This is something that's a little more dynamic. I think as a a threat, right? Yeah, and could rise like kind of control that at some point. I don't know. Who knows? Mm, Who the fuck knows? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I will also say this. The lore, the bio opened with kind of just the line that said, like, in the west of Valoran. And I, I feel like. <laughs> Take your time, honey. Uh -oh. It's okay. It's the so petrocyte hard. got in his brain. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> what? Ruined. What? <laughs> Ru ruined not... any sentence that no. starts with in in West <laughs> anything and then as soon literally as soon as I read it I was just like in the West of Valorant forged and raised on the ramparts no. of where I spent most of my days no. <laughs> that is not what I thought was going to come out of your fucking mouth right now you're welcome <laughs> he took forever to start talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air I regret nothing. All right, let's move away from the bio and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, because that's not what this podcast is about. Uh, the first short story is called A Hero Wakes. It's by John O'Brien. John O'Brien wrote both of the short stories that we're going to talk about, actually. Um, I do have notes for this. Go for it. It's one of the only ones I do. This one's pretty short. So this is from Galia's point of view. Um, this was... Okay. <laughs> this was such a shitty note that I made. Um... I said, love that we can't get a point of view of Draven or Braum, but a statue. Yes, surely that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, get fucked, Galio. <laughs> That's so mean. But it was before I realized that Galio had a personality. That's fair. Because That's I, fair. <laughs> I was so bitter. I was like, this is we're getting a point of view of a fucking gargoyle statue, but I couldn't get Braum. Okay, Rito. Anyway, Galio's watching a battle. He's admiring that there's this giant monster in the distance. The mages have brought like this massive beast. He's really excited. He wants to beat the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> which is very good. Uh, there's also a mage there as well, and that uh, magic awakens Galio for the first time in a hundred years. He starts to fight the beast, and it's pretty quick, and Galio's very disappointed when the beast runs away. Galio wants to chase after to continue beating the shit out of this beast, but he sees that all of uh, the surviving Demacians are in pain because of the mage there. So Galio, knowing that if he crushes this mage, he'll go back to being asleep, does it anyway to save his brethren. And I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, What's the beast? I wondered that, but I I because don't know. 
I think they're fighting uh, people from the Freljord. Yeah, yes? the yeah. Freljord. And, and there's a bunch of Freljordian beasts. There I could know. be a lot of things. My initial thought was Volibear, but then I was like, mm, Volibear wouldn't have gone down like that. And I don't think he'd be in chains. Isn't he like a god now or something? Yeah, he's, he's like a whole right? fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, he'd be the one leading the march, not the one in chains. So I have no idea what the hell that was. Yeah, what did they what did they fight in Ash's story? Maybe it was one of them. Well, oh. I... Oh, well, you know, they talked about it being... So there's a couple of descriptors. It's not specific, but there are a couple of things where it mentions it being kind of covered in matted fur and it having a a saber-like claw. So I wondered... There's a couple of things I thought this could be. I thought maybe it could be a, a wild claw, which is actually something that got mentioned way back in, in Darius' story, but those seem too small to me. Those are like just big mm-hmm. six-armed saber-toothed tigers, and this seemed to be even bigger. Like this seemed like, like a massive size, mammoth. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's like twenty five meters tall. Is the number I saw floating around somewhere? He's <laughs> fucking huge. <clears throat> so no, no. I thought it was like a big woolly mammoth, but just like you know, extra weird because it's Runeterra, right? Yeah, of course. Woolly mammoth with claws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is um is about what you'd expect from a flavor story from Galio. I did like we get more of his personality here, which was cute. I liked how like eager he was to just fight like a big monster. He was like, "Ooh, ooh, let me at him! I want to, I want to fight it, mom, mom, mom." <laughs> <laughs> this was pretty cute. I like. I wrote down a quote from the story. It was like right near the end too, which it was. It was kind of touching. Oh. As he felt the cold embrace of his dormancy returning, he took comfort that life itself was magical, and if Gallio only experienced it briefly, it was worth it, until the final day, until he would come to break the world's last mage in his unyielding fists, and the stone sentinel of Demacia would awaken no more. Aww. Yeah. He yeah, knows I, what his end game is. His yeah. end game is to protect Demacia to the point where he'll just cease to be... Well, see, that's that's the thing where I'm I'm a little I'm having a little issue trying to figure out how much to, how because they write him very. You said he's like a dog, and I think that's pretty <laughs> on point. He's there's a kind of an innocence to him where, like you said, he's just eager. Like I want to go play with that thing. You know, I want to go play with that giant thing. Um, I want to go crush this mage. Um, it's a little weird to me that he is seems to have this awareness of oh by doing this I'm. You know, this is the thing that also brings me life. I kind of get it. I'm not that I'm not as conflicted by. I think for me, more I did like the story. I like Galio's both internal and external dialogue. Like you said, mm-hmm. we get a fun kind of personality with you know, an eager he wants to go fight shit. Um, the details of the battle were kind of a little too gruesome for me, uh, which I don't normally mind. I like a lot of violence, but it was kind of hard to enjoy Galio being so eager when it's also like next to descriptions of like. I don't know, like the voices of Demacians that he's watched grow up from children crying out for their mothers in the throes of battle, yeah. right? It's like, fucking shit. I, 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 <laughs> I assume this is supposed to be more of like, look, there's a, like this is the general like kind of conflict that he exists in, right? He's only alive during times of crises, right? He gets to enjoy life and the magic of it, like you were saying, John, but only when he's actively like surrounded by death. And if that's, if that's what they want to do, I get it, but to me it didn't didn't quite work it just like i don't know maybe it was just maybe that's a personal thing yeah but. i get it there's kind of um an inconsistency in tone there it's hard to have jokes in the same paragraph that you're talking about people writhing in torturous pain as they die mm-hmm. yeah but maybe that's a like i said maybe that's my own just personal marvel disagrees <laughs> <laughs> i mean in some instances it works like mundo but <laughs> right but, <laughs> but i think but, this yeah. is different 
yeah. Yeah, there is kind of you. poking fun at the whole thing. And with this, it's like I said, I really like his. I like this depiction of his personality, and I wish that was kind of the consistent voice we had for him of mm-hmm. just like, yeah, let's go fight, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> but to have it be also alongside that stuff to me is just, it's kind of a misfire. But that's me. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I knew more about how he feels about mages as well, because, you know, the line that you read, John, he wants to crush every mage, but in the next story, which is about him and Lux, he doesn't want to kill Lux. He did specifically call out to, you're different. Yeah. You have a different light in you than the other well, mages Well, that's BS. Have. She's not like other mages. <laughs> 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 but does that mean, are there other magic users like Lux that he wouldn't perceive as being evil? Or is it because she's from Demacia that he's got his, you know, rose-tinted glasses on still? I don't Probably, know. Probably, because when you think about it, too, like, he's not he's not being dragged out to, like, common mage affairs like he's mm. only dragged out when someone's attacking when yeah. mages are attacking yeah. Demacia okay. so like most of the mages he's seen have probably been actively trying to kill everyone around him. Sure so do you think he would disagree yeah. with Demacia rounding up just people who have magic and essentially putting them in I don't know prisons? Pro- probably. Yeah. I think so. I'm, yeah. I'm curious if he would even be able to I mean this might be a little meta but I'm curious <laughs> if, if Silas were to steal mm. Lux's light would he then perceive him as extra friend too? That's a good question. I think mm. I think it's more. It's not even so specifically her magic. I think it's just that there's a line he has, and we'll we'll get to that when we get to the second story, where he's like, "You're a Demacian. You belong in Demacia, mm-hmm. right?" Where he's just kind of got. He's naive, and he's kind of he only experiences the world in these little bits, and he just hasn't had yeah. that experience. I certainly think that he'd be like, "Oh, if someone was trying to round up Lux, for example, he'd be like, no." This is my small girl person who I love. <laughs> Fuck off, yeah, right? Yeah, But I wonder if there are other mages who weren't necessarily from Demacia, but who weren't actively trying to kill anyone either, how he would feel about that. Yeah. I, yeah. The, the conflict, yeah. even if he was pulled out to intercede in Demacia's fight against Demacian mages, mm-hmm. is that something oh, yeah. where he would be like, Oh shit! What do I well, do? Yeah, but you're all Demasi. <laughs> yeah, no, that would that would be a great mm-hmm. thing to put him in, right? Because he he that is something I like about him, and I like it. I wasn't a huge fan of the second story, but I like his kind of that just very simple, straightforward logic. It just kind of cuts through everything, mm-hmm. where he's like, "You're Demasian. You belong to Demacia. Like they're Demasians. I'm not going to squish them, right? Like, <laughs> we're, and that's that's the answer to the problem. There you go. Which actually, which actually makes me realize that the warrior cinematic cut out about 10 seconds too early to answer this question oh, <laughs> <true>. <laughs> yeah. that's a really all of this to me is like it it, did, it does add another layer of gravity to that whole cinematic where it's like oh, oh my fuck. god <laughs> yeah especially after so the second short short story uh it's called flesh and stone um and it's a lot about lux actually but yeah. lux has so much lore that we're definitely going to talk about it now with galio because it's also a lot about him um but yeah, like uh, after reading that story, everything in that cinematic makes so much more sense. Like Lux summoning Galio was really cool. Um, but th- I also, but I also haven't read Garen or Lux's lore, so now I'm confused. Like, do they know Lux has magic? <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out. Know. We're about to hit Garen soon, so yeah. Because in in the in this short story, Lux is young. She's what twelve something like thirteen, that. Thirteen, I think they say thirteen. Yeah, um, and at this point in her life, only her mother knows that she has magic in her. It's very uh, yeah. Elsa from Frozen. That's all I can think about this entire fucking time. <laughs> and I was reading this <laughs> short story. Yeah. Having read, I, I feel like, 
some part of my brain is telling me that like I've read somewhere that Garen does know, mm-hmm. but neither of them are acknowledging it. They've okay. never talked mm-hmm. about it, but he knows. That'll be interesting <laughs> when we get to him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to. Because she's just like up and using all her magic in front of everyone in Damasi and the warrior cinematic. And I was like, um, excuse. <laughs> I thought you weren't allowed to do that. <laughs> sure. I, do you want me to anyway. go through it real quick? Yes. Um, since we were talking about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Flesh and Stone is what this one's called. Also, like you said, by John O'Brien. And like you said, this is definitely also a Lux story. Um, they kind of share equal duty on it, I guess. But it's a lot about Lux. That's fine. She, <laughs> she's got a million things, so we're going to hit her some point. Yeah. Um, Alio is more a part of this than Caitlin was of Progress Day. So oh I'm that's okay absolutely that. true. <laughs> story. That's, you know what? That's a great measuring stick to compare shit against. <laughs> But yeah, so like you said, Lux is 13. Lux has hidden magical talents. She almost pops a magical boner in class, in front of the whole class. <laughs> I regret letting you do this. <laughs> no, it's, we're in too deep now. <laughs> yeah, she, so her magic almost goes all over everywhere, and she runs out of class and is kind of you know freaking out because it's just been growing more and more out of control, and she kind of goes by Galio kind of notices the statue move a bit and is like, eh, trick of the light. Goes home. Uh, her mother, Agatha, uh, is there and says, well, you know, tomorrow we're going to bring in uh, something called an annuler, who are people who will come in and help you kind of tamp down the magic. Now, I guess when we get to the end of this, before we get into a big discussion, I think we need to talk about whether annulers are canon, because in more recent lore, there has been the introduction of the idea of a an organization called the Mage Seekers, and they seem to kind of do what the Enolers used to, and there seems to be some kind of changes there, but we'll oh. we'll figure it out. Um, I just I, I looked around and I couldn't see any references to Enolers outside of this story, so I don't know if this is something that got changed <laughs> later. Anyway, um, Lex is kind of freaking out still, and she decides, kind of on a whim, well I'll go by Galio because he's supposed to fix magic, as it were, um, and maybe he can fix me. And she goes there, and Galio wakes up and freaks out Lux, and he kind of starts following her around as she kind of runs away, because like, oh, she wakes, she keeps me alive. Uh, and we kind of get into Galio's perspective a bit, where he is, we see that he has kind of watched over, like like you said, he has watched over not only other Demacians, but also Lux, like her family will come every year and kind of pay homage, and he kind of can sense that magic, you know, growing in her, and it kind of, in turn, kind of helps wake him up. And he starts to anticipate her coming every year because, like, oh, that one girl is going to come by, and you know, it feels so nice to be alive. Uh, uh, so Lex is still kind of freaking out because, hey, big fuck off, Galio is running around, and they're going to wonder why he's running around. Um, and she's like, okay, look, I will hang out with you. I will stay the night. I'll sleep next to you if you just freeze and pretend to not be alive. And he agrees, and she immediately sneaks off and runs away and starts kind of trying to trying to run away. I guess to the, not to the circus, but you know, just like oh, I guess I'll have to leave Demacia. Uh, runs yeah, a into place th- where mages are accepted. Yeah, um, runs into some. She starts trying to use her magic to kind of light her way through the forest, and runs into some folk who are some guys who are gonna take her to the the slums, the annulment slums, which is where mages go. Um, and of course, Galio shows up and saves the day. Almost squishes the dudes, but Lux tells him to stop, so he doesn't. <laughs> and then. Um, and then they spend a little time hanging out and Galileo kind of helps helps Lux kind of realize that, you know, your magic is something special and it's like a gift and you need, and that's and it's something beautiful. And that's the end of that, right? 
and Lex goes home and she, her mom is there with the annuler and she essentially just tells him to fuck off and <laughs> you know my magic is a gift and I'm going to take care of it and that's that and um and yeah and that's and that's kind of the end of the story <laughs> You just need that one person to believe in you. <laughs> it, it was cute, and I Lux is one of my mains, I would say. So it was exciting <laughs> to get a story from her point of view. Like it was really exciting uh, parts of it. Um, the switch of Lux going from self-loathing to self-acceptance was way too quick. I like yeah. get it. they were trying to fit it into this little story, but Lux like. It was really upsetting to read the beginning. She, like, truly detests herself and her magic and and feels, like, shame and disgust. And that could really be explored. And maybe it is later with Lux's stories. We'll get to her pretty soon. But, yeah, I, I was, it was quite the switch. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think there were, there were moments I liked from this. I thought the yeah. writing here was a little, I don't want to be mean, a little amateur- uh, oh, I didn't mind. I didn't mind. Okay, it. Maybe I, I write very basically. I think I'm a pretty straightforward writer. I don't so even I think it's that. I think it, that. it's it's just moments like that, right? Where mm. that's a, there's a moment where after she comes home and her mom is like, "Well, the annuler is coming tomorrow," and she kind of says, oh, "What am I going to do?" I know. I'll go to Galio. Just a little bit thing, a bit of things where. I don't, yeah, that's I don't true. Know. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Or, or I think there's a moment after after Galileo kind of saves her from you know getting kind of taken away. The next line is about Lux and Galileo in utter contentment in each other's company. Where, mm-hmm. like, they just met that night. You know, he's a giant colossus. Yes, I, th- I think yeah. the 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 point was supposed to be that Lux's magic makes Galileo come alive, and that makes him happy. And Galileo takes Lux's magic away, so she doesn't have it anymore, and that made her happy. But I don't think it was um, framed super well. Mm-hmm. I would say that there's a lot of short stories we read where we're like, man, this was pretty short, but it could have been shorter. <laughs> but this one definitely <laughs> seems like if they wanted to expand this type of story into like you know a Garen-esque novella style thing I'd be willing to bet they could do it it'd probably be a lot better um because I'd love to see Lux you know turn away from that self-loathing but I think it would be something that she would fight for a really long time we don't see a lot of her mom but the way her mom treats her it's with disgust and that that's gonna very much scar a child (laughs) well into adulthood yeah so yeah I would like to explore that that aspect a lot more yeah, I, I think I, I really like the Lux Galio dynamic. I like Me that too. they've yeah. they've created that situation, like you said, where they both kind of meet each other's needs in a way. And even mm-hmm. and there's and I really I really like that one moment where Galio is kind of talking to her and his line is like, you know, for years I felt your gift for so long I wanted it near me, but now I see I smash your gift. And I like that he he thinks about it in those terms. Like I can't have you around me because I smash. This is like he thinks in terms of smashing, right? And He's I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's like I smashed your gift, and that's not right. And I I like that a lot. And I think mm-hmm. this story could have been great if it was just them interacting, right? Mm-hmm. The, ignore, get rid of Lux trying to run away in that little minor bit of action. Just have them spend the whole night talking back and forth and interacting, and you can absolutely get more of that, more of that development there. Yeah. That would have been good. I could have dug that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I yeah, I still I do really like the dynamic. I really like the sequence where he's first come alive and he's kind of like you know he's so bombastic and enthusiastic and at the top of his <laughs> lungs he's like oh, let them see that I'm alive. He's like shut the fuck up, please. Yeah. <laughs> could you yeah. be cool for one second, please? He's literally yelling like oh you have magic. And she's like she's been trying to hide this her entire life. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I would love the sequence I had in my head was like him hiding behind a house as like some guards show up and Lux oh, has to be like, no, yeah. "Don't worry about it." But I think I saw something over there, and Galio's just like, <laughs> "Yeah, you know, like you say, it's almost like a puppy." Like, "Oh, we're gonna play, right? Maybe I'll smash <laughs> these things." I don't know. Yeah, I was um a little disappointed actually when you realize in the story that Galio doesn't want to be around her because she no longer has magic. I thought we were going to get a dynamic where they kind of teamed up as mm-hmm. like a fighting duo because she could use her magic and he could come to life with her magic at the same time but it seemed like it was either one or the other i don't know maybe she'll be more powerful later but i like the idea of them just being like a superhero fighting team <laughs> right yeah she is pretty young here so yeah, yeah. i mean 13 a lot right? of time for that power to grow <laughs> you know something i would love to see and this is a fa- this is something i might fucking write is i would love to see interactions mm. between them across like decades because he's always mm. going to be galio and you know see her like have her interact when she's in her like a, a young adult and have her interact when she's like 40 and matured <laughs> and has a kid and have her and you know and then la- have the last interaction where she knows that she's like 90 and maybe she's the queen of Demacia or some crazy shit. Who knows? <laughs> and she just knows that this is going to be the last interaction. And Galio is still that same innocent, like, oh, you'll tell me about what happens when you come back, right? Like, just, <laughs> oh, man, heart-wrenching shit. I think you could absolutely do with this dynamic. And I would I would love to see that done. Um, 90, Mark, she's a League of Legends champion. She has <laughs> right. to live way longer than uh, 90. That, I was going to say, if nothing else, the pacing is so glacial that, goddamn. <laughs> It is it's it is an interesting thing where like Galio is the puppy, but also like in terms of having to watch your you know, your oh, best friends opposite, die, he's yeah. like the owner. Yeah. 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 You know, it's like I said, I think gosh, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot there's a lot to do here, you know. Big thing this goes back to all the way way back to Alistar. Big thing, little thing. Yeah. It's like it just works. <laughs> Yeah. No, I was thinking about Alistar, Mark, and you and the dynamic that you liked there. Yeah. What can I say? And and just Lux is also very chipper and sweet, and pairing that off with someone who is like a puppy is fun. Just these two very peppy, happy, very powerful creatures. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. And then... I, I mentioned at the start, but the only thing that to me, I don't know if it's still canon, and I wish, I would love to get a writer to come in and say whether or not it is, is this whole concept <laughs> of the annulers. Because they talk about this idea that if you're a mage and you get found out as a mage, you're immediately, immediately sent to these slums, like the annulment slums, and that's it. That or you, at best, are kind of like treated with petrocyte like tinctures, and like mm. you drink them and it, it kind of tamps it down temporarily. But... In poking around the wiki, like I said, there's there's a there is a group called the Mage Seekers, and they seem to kind of be what the Enolers used to be, or or kind of were incepted as, and they kind of operate on this this these laws called the Laws of Stone, which seem to be a little more lenient. Where like, oh, you can be a mage and still be in Demacia if you don't use your magical ability, right? You can like it's almost like a almost like a, speaking of Marvel, like a Civil War type thing where you get registered and they know you're a mage and as long as you don't do your, your magical shit, you're fine. But, you know, if you pop off, then maybe you do get exiled or I what wonder, have you. I wonder if they're both canon and maybe the Anolers are an older thing that when Lux is a kid, that's what happened. And then oh, as maybe. she gets older, maybe they've swapped over to... And maybe it's because of Lux. I could see that that some rules were kind of changed. Yeah. Well, I, I'd be curious. I think when we hit Silas, that will be kind of... 
I think this will will get a lot of that, and that will help answer. I don't know, I don't know how new Silas was versus the Galio rework when all this lore would have been written. I, I meant to check, but I forgot to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think, I do think the Mage Seekers have gotten a lot more radicalized with the most recent like Mage Rebellion shit. So I think they are now mm. actively like imprisoning and exiling anybody. But I think there yeah. was a time when they weren't. So I'll be curious. Okay. Or maybe somebody who knows the lore better than us can pop in and just answer this question. Because I would love to know. Anyone who's read past G. <laughs> G-A-L specifically. But yeah. Now, Galio is also mentioned in one other short story, even though oh. he's not featured there or anything. But it is a Vladimir story where it's oh, just... That's not who I would have guessed. It's a... Uh, where it's just mentioned that Vlad actually has a portrait of himself bloodied after a long battle with Gallio. So they have oh. fought at some point in the past. Super interesting. Yeah. I assume I this is love that. Yeah. Well I Vlad I think will be interesting because I know he's got he's got a whole emo crew with him that, that will be a <gasps> so tons of long fun. from now. I'm so <laughs> Just let that simmer in your brain, right? Can we like get to the halfway point and then start with the Z's and start? Oh yeah, we can do it backwards. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Just because my my number one main champ is Zyra, <laughs> <laughs> so we got some time before I hit my girl. Her lore is gonna be so fucking boring now that I said that. I know. Right? Yeah, probably. Is she gonna wear seductri- plants. She's gonna seduct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Early enough that she doesn't have great lore, but not early enough that she had a rework. Oh, so. you're right. <laughs> well, you know, maybe by the time, if you go in order, maybe by the time we get to Zyra. Mm, that's yeah, true. yeah, exactly. That's down. what I'm hoping. She'll get looped into Ixtal a bit more. Or is it, however you say that, I don't know how exactly. But yeah, yeah maybe she'll sounds get. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. So. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Ooh, the, okay. That's the newest fucking region where they put a bunch of. about it when we get to Kiana. <laughs> Kiana. That's is there anyone before her? from now. Yeah. No, I think that's it. Actually, probably now that I think about it, uh, Nidalee is probably before that. Before Nico, Canada? yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Still a long fucking ways off, but you know. Yeah, yeah. the K's alone are going to be over three months <laughs> of just a war in everyone. Uh, but yeah. speaking of lore reworks, mm-hmm. I've got some old Galio lore here oh, for okay. you. I was interested to hear what this is going to be. So now this is back before Galio was even a sentinel. He or uh, was even what was he a colossus in the new lore? Yeah. He's a colossus now. Yeah, colossus. This is back when Gallia was just a little sentinel sorrow. Aww, what a baby! All right now, in this lore, he was also created by Durand. Uh, Durand. He was not the only one created by Durand. Durand. Thank you. There were a lot of other living golems that were. Um, magic was still not really cool in Demacia, even back with the old lore. But it was kind of said that there was a period where creating sentient golems was fine. It's not anymore. But when Duran Duran was doing it, it was cool. <laughs> so he would basically just create them to send them to protect nearby Demacian towns. But Gallio was his personal bodyguard. Until Noxian High Command sent a bunch of assassins after him and they outnumbered Gallio and killed Duran Durand. Durand. <laughs> uh, so Gallio basically kept watch over his master's bones for years, not really sure what to do, until Poppy came along and took shelter in his shadow without realizing oh. that he was there. 
Uh, he saw all the determination in her eyes and realized that she too shouldered a huge burden, and that convinced him to fight for a cause that his master believed in, and he joined the League of Legends to uh, fight for Demacia. God damn it. God, I, hate, no. I hate that I know all these stories are going to end the same way. I God forgot, damn it. I always forget. Every fucking time you get me, I'm, I'm like invested. I'm like, oh, he's going to do something with Poppy? Oh, no. No. Like my mind was reeling. Like, oh, yeah, big thing, small thing again. We had yeah, it. We had the yeah. dynamic in the League of Legends. In the League? <laughs> he was also way smaller. Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing the Warriors cinematic and I was like, excuse, Riot? <laughs> um. And he was of the era that we actually get a judgment for him. Oh, Jesus. Where his judgment is basically he's forced to relive his time standing vigil over his master's bones. And a summoner, who has disguised itself as Poppy, asks why he wants to join the League. He says he must fight for Demacia because it was his master's home. And Poppy is not happy with this answer. So she looks more serious and asks him again, why do you want to join the League? <laughs> how I imagine she said it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and then he realizes, oh, you know what? It was my choice. It's been my choice the whole time. I have free will. You know what? I'm choosing to fight for Demacia because it's my home too. Beautiful. Wow, that was like a Disney Channel original special. Fucking beautiful. <laughs> oh, God. All of like the judgments are essentially the same. Why do you want to do this? Because you're in. You got my well looking for, kid. You got Moxie. I like that. You're not going to suffer psychological trauma. Sign him up. <laughs> we don't have to pay for that. <laughs> we don't have to pay for counseling. <laughs> He's a gargoyle. He's fine. Fuck it. That's fucking hilarious. Good. Good. Goddamn. Oh fuck. Uh, but yeah, as we talked, we talked a little bit about it, but. In terms of canon cinematics, too, he's also part of Warriors. Um, I rewatch this every time yeah, we hit a champion. So good. Yeah. I know. I you know. get if you're unclear of like the scale of Galio, mm -hmm. this is a real good way to get it in a real fun cinematic. Yeah, and it yeah. really like watching Lux summon Galio just it added something so much more after reading that story. I was more like, oh, and now like, oh, okay. Because you know he landed with something like, oh, little girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, for sure. I think I remember watching that and Sarah was like, who's that? So, oh, that's Galio. <laughs> that's Galio, girl. <laughs> I do love the aesthetic of his rework, I will say. I'm a huge yeah. like Art Deco, uh, uh, what do they call it? Streamline <laughs> yeah. Modern fan. Oh. <laughs> So I'm gonna I love go with that. nerd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was especially going back and like looking at his old model with the old lore. Yeah, it was an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, he got. Sleek. Oh god, I want. I need to look at old Galio now. I remember his you wings. Men you mentioned Galli. You mentioned uh, like gargoyle type mm -hmm. aesthetic. His old, his old model was very gargoyle aesthetic. Yeah, Ooh, I do remember him yeah. flapping around everywhere, and he had this very like. Like I don't know, I'm, yeah. I'm, it's hard to express, but he had a cadence. Oh, his, little, his little golden gloves. Mm. Oh, it's so good. He would oh, throw yeah. that little gust of wind. Fuck yeah! <laughs> I know. I haven't. <laughs> this actually made me want to try uh, Galio support. 
<laughs> yeah, I've played him a couple times, and I think he's he's actually kind of fun. I like tanky supporty yeah. guys. So. <laughs> yeah, and that is that's the only canon cinematic. There's one more cinematic he's part of, but that was a world cinematic. So. Mm. And is it just like his wings or like his face? <laughs> uh, his shadow. <laughs> shadow. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Why do you write this down? <laughs> you take all these notes and it's like, oh, his fucking toenail appeared at one minute and 27 seconds. Because someone's gotta do it, honey. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate your sacrifice. I remember this only because I remember you saying, oh, there's references to a team I don't remember who it was we were talking about, some other champion. I was like, what fucking team is referencing that? It's two seconds of just his shadow about to smash some <laughs> guy. But it's on a rock. I went back and watched it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the TakeOver cinematic, which was the 2020 World Cinematic, where we basically follow an unnamed player as they fight through iconic pro players who use their signature champion's moves. Like I mentioned, technically only Galio's shadow is in this, but at 2.07... You can see Galio presumably landing on and killing the protagonist. Jesus. Squashing him. He dies a lot in the movie, or in the cinematic, (laughs) because he has to restart from the beginning. Anyone have any final notes before I move on to some AUs? Do we want to do quotes now, later? Uh, What do you want to talk about? Yeah, why not? Let's do them now. Quotes are are canon. Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) Uh, The VO is, uh, or the the actor, is Josh Petersdorf, just to throw that out there. and I, I think I complained earlier about the quotes. I'm I'm less complaining after we talk about him. I'm liking Galio more as we're talking about oh, him. Oh yay! <laughs> um, he does have a couple quotes where he's very like boasty. I don't know how else to describe it. Where he's like, "I know it's completely unfair. I didn't ask to be this impressive." Like that's a little out of <laughs> out of character for Galio yeah. in my mind. No, that doesn't sound like Galio. And then a few that kind of like hit me over the head with his whole conflict, where it's like. Um, they made me to stop magic, and yet I hate when it's gone. I, mean, I don't know. I guess that's a little more in line with his thinking, but it just seems I feel to like sleep means saying goodbye. Yeah, that's oh, another one I have on on that. He list. has those. So, like on his MySpace page, he'll post a picture of him like holding a flower and like looking <laughs> down, and that's what's written underneath. Of it. Yes, that's how it felt. I, I kind of. <laughs> that's that's absolutely true, and that captured. I think I just would have liked a little more consistency with the um, the characterization is all I'll mm-hmm. say. Um, a little bit more of just the like, I, I do like some of them where he's like, he goes to, he went, there's like one, he has a bunch where he approaches objectives. Like he goes to a tower and he's like, well met giant zapping man. Like I just love that <laughs> shit. And I wish that was it That's across so the board. So, it's all good. But they're, they're fun. John wrote down a few. I wish they'd chisel me a friend. Someone who won't break. Oh. <laughs> He also has a few kind of, I guess, saucy quotes. Ooh. I'm a big man with big needs. Okay, Jesus now that's, that's you reading into some shit. I, I think, <laughs> that's okay. you being a fucking pervert, Okay, John. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Do you still think that after hearing this next quote? Quick, hide in me crevices. <laughs> I was looking at it and I thought it said hide in my cervix. <laughs> and I just like looked over at it. And, oh, Durand Christ. was really detailed when he crafted that shit. Galio has a cervix cannon. Yeah. Hide there. Oh, speaking of cannon, he's got one quote towards Poppy, and there's no there's no kind of relationship between him and Poppy in new lore, but his quote towards Poppy says, I like you, small blue thing. 
you're the one who doesn't change. Yeah. You know. Cute. He's changed. His whole lore's changed, but Poppy, still there. He flirts with the turrets, huh? Uh, yeah. I guess he kind of does. Hello there, handsome. (laughs) (laughs) Aww. I guess. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, I liked his... (laughs) I his buying stuff definitely reminded me of Grum. That was very uh like when he bought like when he buys cloth armor and shit or uh just his general quote like <laughs> I like buying person things. <laughs> I just like I like him referencing everything as like that, like person things or like I think the Nexus he calls like, Oh, big glowing crystal thing, I must break you like just shit like that. Like it's I wish he talked about that shit like all the time. Right. I like this cloth armor quotes. Can I exchange this for a size seven thousand? Yeah. Cloth know, I, will protect my rock this, hard skin. This is the only champion that when you're reading quotes that you like, you're doing it in their voice. That deserves it. You know what? Maybe the cottony was the right choice for that for him. Now that we're talking about it, maybe it works. No, no. Now there's one quote I did have a question about, and it was towards Cho'Gath. Where he oh. says, hey, world eater, I've got something you can snack on. It's my fist. Now, <laughs> is Cho'Gath ever referred to as world eater outside of Cho'Gath eats the world? Because I couldn't find it if so. You know I what? Know. I think, yeah. Maybe that's. I'm curious if this like came out like right at the same time as like if the rework was right around the time of Cho'Gath eats the world. It must you know be. It funny. must be. There's so little Cho'Gath lore that I was sitting here thinking, I wonder when we're going to get to Cho'Gath lore. <laughs> That's fucking <laughs> excellent. I remembered the alphabet. <laughs> That's and fucking I, excellent. I, I literally, I've been thinking a lot recently that something I like about doing this podcast, I'm really remembering all of the lore that we do it because we're doing it weekly and like a lot of it's sticking with me. I don't know anything about Cho'Gath. Fuck no. I know nothing about Cho'Gath except that he's from the Void. Was there anything else? No, nope, that was that was it. We he talked about a lot his of... own video game, uh, yeah. Cho'Gath. I know. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. We oh came God, up with a lot really of good funny. things, a lot of good ideas for how he could be cool. <laughs> World Eater is a great subtitle. We should have that be a subtitle instead of the Terror of the Void or whatever the fuck he's called. Right. I even looked at old versions of his lore to see, like, oh, maybe Terror of the Void's a new thing, and it used to be, but no, it was always Terror of the Void. Yeah, World Eater's way fucking cooler. Way it cooler. Is. Yeah. I I would like him more as a champion. Like, literally, <laughs> if they changed nothing else about him <laughs> just but title. that title, I'd be like, damn, I can get behind you, Cho'Gath. <laughs> All right, we can't keep talking about Cho'Gath. John, do you want to get to the AUs? <laughs> We can't talk about Cho'Gath. We got to talk about fucking Commando Galio. No, he's already naked. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> yeah, it took me a, an actual minute to figure out what the fucking joke you were making, but <laughs> cool. But it was so good. So the Commando skin line. You guys laugh at each other's jokes all the time. <laughs> well, let's go through. And then funny. I slam down that winner. <laughs> It's, I was still reeling over Durant Durant, so I, I just, there well, just wasn't enough room for two gems in one suck. podcast. And it's your birthday. I can't even be mad at you. <laughs> so the commando skin lines are just military skins, but they're not to be confused with 
the other military skins, <laughs> Arctic Ops or Omega Squad. <laughs> Fuck. They all sound really boring. Uh, so this is Commando Galio. Issues with the military-industrial complex notwithstanding, why would a government put all its petrocyte resources into a giant statue that punches things? Or a pair of sunglasses big enough for one to wear? <laughs> Man, I thought we were getting That's topical great. for a second, but no, it's <laughs> jokes. No, it's... <laughs> now, he's also part of the demonic skin line, uh, set in the demonic realm where each champion is either a servant or a ruler of hell, with Gatekeeper Galio. One of the great dukes of hell, Gallio stands before his kingdom's black gates as the judge of all sinners, casting souls into their proper torments. Attempting to invoke him generally ends in tragedy, as he's several hundred feet tall and refuses to shrink in the service of mortals. Now that you've said dukes of hell, I'd really like a dukes of hazard Gallio skin. Oh, fuck yeah. Who would, who would be the other duke? Or would he be like Boss Hog? Like, I don't know. What are you thinking? I don't know. Uh, you just named people from Dukes of Hazard, <laughs> and I've never seen Dukes of Hazard. Well, I know there's two of them, and I know well, their antagonist is I want, I want him Hulk. to be Daisy Duke. Yeah. Oh, I want Galio with the short jean shorts. Fuck yeah. Yes. Jessica Simpson, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to skip straight on to the next one. <laughs> uh, fuck. Uh, so we got a debonair skin? Debonair, set oh. in an alternate piltover where each champion is a well-dressed gentleman slash lady. This is Debonair Galio. <laughs> it's just, okay. Savor that elixir. <laughs> Highlight that heavenly white tux with a royal purple reserved for kings and queens who just don't deserve it. Is he because so when you're an 80-foot-tall petrocyte gargoyle, you're always the center of attention. So he's a commercial for like a cologne? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, in fact, no, not a cologne. I will be more specific because oh. there is, there's additional promotional material oh. for this skin specifically, and you may recognize it, oh. or at least its theme. <clears throat> His calculations are so precise, Velkaz asks him for help with geometry. <laughs> His singing in the shower is so breathtaking, it stole Sona's voice. He once stepped on a mushroom, and Timo exploded. He wow. is the most interesting gargoyle-like oh, construct in the world. Man. It's really dating itself, yeah. right now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> I preferred it when I didn't know that shit. Great. Right. <laughs> For all the youngins out there, that was an old beer commercial. <laughs> He's also part of Culinary Masters. Oh, these are the best. Set in a cooking show environment, all of the champions are either chefs of various skill levels or fast food delivery people. Yo, I want to meet the people at Riot who came up with these skins. They were fucking stoned. Uh, <laughs> man, what if Dalio mm -hmm. like gave you chicken wings, man? <laughs> but no, was like no, dressed no. like a chicken. And Leona's got like Ship a sausage. <laughs> you know those like, you know like Sivers weapon? It's like a circle, right? <laughs> and so is pizza. This is making mm -hmm. me fucking hungry. We gotta stop talking I about know. it. No, yeah, we gotta uh, keep going. Hurry so up. this one's Birdio. Uh, God, the name I'm is proud. so fucking bad. <laughs> I think 
my bad. You mean great, Mark. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Love your phrase. Uh. A proud and noble salesman of delicious fried chicken, Bertio is the regional manager and salesman of the year for one of the world's largest chicken restaurants. Not one to be beaten at literally anything, he and Siver have a well-documented rivalry over who is the better employee. Hmm. Which is surprising to me because it kind of makes it seem like Siver also works for the same place that Gallio works for. And I want to know what wild place out there specializes in... It is the best fried chicken place in the world and also serves pizza. I mean, I've certainly gotten chicken wings or seen them on the menu at pizza mm-hmm. joints, but they're it's one or the other in terms of quality. Yeah. It, they, yeah. <laughs> or neither, I guess. You know, that's the other <laughs> option. Or this is a fantasy world. That you know what? Maybe that's you fair. Just get two. Or it's the combination I'm at the KFC Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. <laughs> I'm at the Taco Bell. <laughs> now he's part of Infernal, set in a Oh, who cares? The rest of his skins are so boring, John. How dare you? Infernal, he's on fire. Dragon <laughs> World, he's a dragon. Did I sum him up well? Enchanted, he's enchanted. Set in a world where an ashen lord, Aurelian soul, has been summoned and transformed the world into a land of ashes, cinders, and fire. This skin line is separated into the Infernals, Consumed by Infernals, Shadowfire Temple, and Protectors. Uh, and Galio's part of the Infernal line. And it's interesting to note that while Galio's always considered huge, in the splash art... He has Shen and Varys in it as well, and they are Galio-sized in this world. I think oh. it's a perspective thing, so I'm looking at it. It looks like Galio might be kind of far away, and they're a little bit further up front. Mm, interesting. But there are Seems also like people a... in that picture. Oh, I see. You're right. Never mind. Ignore me. But anyway, like I said, he's on fire in this one. A black-hearted monstrosity leading the hellish infernal hordes. Gallio is titanic, even by the standards of his fiery kin. Mm-hmm. His steps melt the very bedrock beneath him, swallowing entire armies without so much as a second thought. So he's on fire. Yeah, but like super on fire. A black-hearted <laughs> monstrosity. <laughs> all right. And all he's right. really Let's big. Yeah, even bigger than his other big boys. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest boys. Now he's also part of Dragon World. This is set in a world where dragons roam free, and each champion is either allied with the dragons or against them. So this officially encompasses three skin lines, Dragon Slayer, Dragon Trainer, and Dragon Master. And there's actually a decent amount of lore surrounding this, um, but just think of it as a combination of how to train your dragon and reign of fire. That is an interesting fucking mix. (laughs) <laughs> Those are two very disparately toned things. Yes. <laughs> uh, now this is Dragon Guardian Gallio, a great dragon of old who protected Dragonkind's ancestral nesting grounds from those who might do it harm. Tricked by the Mad Knight Kale so she could destroy every clutch of eggs under his charge, he's followed her back to human society so he might exact his vengeance personally. Oh shit. Well that's you know what? You know what's neat about that is that it feels like there's an actual like conflict and plot there, and it's not just Galio <laughs> as a protector, but a dragon, right? He's not just a That's protector, true. but on fire. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry I insulted your AUs there, honey. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Okay, you sound fine. <laughs> I'm going to hear about this later, folks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Take my wife. <laughs> no, really. Take her. <laughs> it's a couch for me. I'm in the doghouse. Waka, waka, waka. Let's just do this for 20 minutes. <laughs> Next up is Hextech. This is the last one. This is set in an alternate Piltover and Zon where each of the champions are either Hextech users or Hextech machinery. Now at, the for- now at the forefront of science and art, Hextech has evolved from its rudimentary beginnings into a modern renaissance of intricate artificial life forms capable of free will. Skilled artificers lead the medium into a bold new future. But what it will bring, none can say. Now this is separated into those master artificers we talked about and golems, of which Gallio is a golem. What? Right. <laughs> Sensing a shift in the marketability of Hextech items, several of Piltover's largest industrial families pooled resources to create Galio, a massive golem donated to the city and her people. While he is ostensibly a walking advertisement, the protective creature is both curious about the world and proud of his responsibility. Hmm. So it's like if Galio was in Piltover. Yeah. Okay. I I like I think there's a spark right there's a spark I like the idea of him being like a gosh almost kind of like a RoboCop thing where he's like oh he's a sen- <laughs> he's helping the city but when push comes to shove you know you know op- what is I don't remember what the fucking thing is where he's got like the hidden operative or whatever oh yeah where he hey, can't yeah. arrest Hextech family yeah yeah that could be fun I don't know that's kind of neat yeah also yeah, I like the yeah. idea of of him having like neon like signs for like burger joints on his wings or whatever like ads and shit. <laughs> I'm imagining like Galio in Idiocracy now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. balls. <laughs> now those are all the AUs. I only have a few fun trivia facts, and we've talked about a few of them, so I'll skip them. Okay. So I have even fewer fun oh, trivia facts. <laughs> you have one fun trivia fact. I have two. Okay. <laughs> Plural. <laughs> uh, now, Galio used to be voiced by David Lodge with the old skin, who also voices Skarner and Ivern. Ooh. So that's something. Neat. Okay. So he's and still... Okay, well, I guess we'll find out when we get to them. If, if Galio's quotes are canon, Galio's full name is Galio Justice Justice. <laughs> As it is his first and last name, middle name, so, right? Middle and last. Oh yeah, it is his. Yeah, it is middle and last name. So he's like Moon Moon. <laughs> god damn it, Moon Moon! <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts on Galio? Nope. You know, I didn't. I didn't have. Uh, I never high expectations going into this, yeah. so I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I, was I would too. read more of it. I thought he was going to be like boring. I thought he was going to be like if Garen was a statue kind of thing. <sighs> Garen's already I a guess. statue, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're all see when we get to Garen. I'm very curious. I know we've about been ragging that. on him fucking hard. I know. Is he going to be like Darius, where I'm just like completely thrown and suddenly like rooting for him? I don't know. Right. I've officially purchased the, the oh, Garen novella. Oh, yeah, be prepared for I that episode. That. Garen has an entire novella. Like this is not just a couple short stories. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's Galio, though. Thank you for listening. Quick announcement. We're actually going to do an announcement. Uh, we all had this brilliant idea that um, we should stream League of Legends <laughs> together. Fuck yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so we're going to be doing that Friday, July 9th, so there's a little bit of time. We'll remind, uh, we'll do a reminder in the next episode as well. We'll be doing that at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to be doing it on my Twitch channel, I think, which is Beckworm, B-E-K-W-O-R-M. But I'll also link it on the Twitter and, and stuff like that. I'll even put a link in uh, this episode description so you can find it easily. Yeah, we won't have the uh, the the video on on Mark and I's side, but you'll be able to hear our audio unless yes. Mark wants to stream separately. I mean, Mark can do that. No, I have shit upload bandwidth, so you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll just be me on video, but uh, John and Mark will be there, and our friend Mike and Mark's wife Sarah will also be joining us. So we'll be a team of five playing normals very badly. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah! I can't stress enough. I'm not good at this game. I'm a support main. That's what you'll be seeing. Yeah, no, I think it'll be fun. Maybe we'll play some of these champions that we've talked about. Like, ooh, I want to play Evelyn now. Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> do some lore matchups. Uh, I thought that would be fun if we could do some lore matchups or if, like, we had a game where we all rotated positions. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and played stuff that we haven't really played before. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah, I think that it'll be fun. be fun. Yeah, um, but that's it for Galio. But join us next week. <laughs> when we talk about the saltwater scourge gangplank. Yar. Yar. <laughs> Fiddle dee dee. Oh, there's going to be so many pirate puns, aren't there? <laughs>